0: Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic: The Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, just your typical Spike. On the line with me, perhaps as caffeinated as I am, my good buddy and producer extraordinaire Cameron McCoy. How are you doing, friend?
1: Good, man. Early morning. You know, we got to hit that coffee hard. Indeed, indeed. I'm
0: getting caffeinated. After we're done recording, I'm gonna watch an F1 race, so I want to be just awake for the whole thing. They're in Hungary this weekend, Cameron. Nice. So, um. Anyway. Look, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing, what we've been up to. Um, I do feel like the entire first segment, we just really got to talk about what's going on with Arena and Jumpstart. And I'm going to try and be as measured as I can be, Cameron.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I thought by now, just like letting it simmer, letting it stew, I would be a little bit more chill about the goings-ons there. Uh, not so much. Not so much. Um... However, it's weird. We thought Standard would be kind of like 100% on the back burner. It kind of feels like the community's focused back in on Standard. Mm-hmm. And I do want to mention that because there's been a big Standard event. It's like, <gasps> weird. If there's big Standard events, then somehow, you it know. It generates interest? I, I, yeah. <laughs> Competition people want to, um, I don't mm. know. Maybe we should talk to Watsi about this. Anyway, but you've been playing a little bit of Standard, getting in on that. What have you discovered?
1: Yeah, so this week, um, I've been playing quite a few different decks, um, just trying to find like what works against what, right? And so, still continuing with that blue-red mid-range Prismari control deck, which I really like, but it's just too slow against half the battlefield, I feel like. Um, the other thing I've been playing is the blue-black rogues deck in standard. Um, man, when you get those three crabs going, watch out you're going to win some yeah. games in the worst way possible but i <laughs> whatever you know it's it's um it's it's the type of deck that i like i really 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 like the historic version of this that was running like brainstorm and everything the standard one obviously doesn't have as good of a tool set but the core components are still there that make it really strong against both aggro matchups and, like, the longer game matchups. I feel like I will lose eventually to the bug matchup if the game goes too long, just because they're at some point they're sure. at a critical mass, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can get two rogues down and just start, like, you know, swinging away or just chipping away their library um, with crabs or whatever, like... It does fairly well, um, and both into the story and um, there's another like really of decent one mind card of one mind. Both really good card draw mechanics to refill your hands. So overall, like I, I like the rogues deck. Um, I will not be sorry to see it go at all. But like right now in standard, like I feel like it's it's got a lot of game against much of the battlefield.
0: Yeah, and I mean you're losing the one drop rogue. Uh, At rotation, which feels like it will kill the deck, Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe not. Maybe it'll just be, you know, a tier three standard deck at some point. Um, But we've seen uh, Luca really come back to the forefront Mm -hmm. in standard this week, um, or I should say the last two weeks. Um, And so, again, we've always been kind of medium on this kind of post-ban standard. Like, I would have been happy with them making some pretty severe changes, but... And I I still, you know, gun to my head, think the emergent Ultimatum deck is the best deck. Yep. Um, But you're right. Rogues, especially if you can go one-drop rogue, two-drop rogue, and then hold up a counter for whatever it is that they're going to do, you're really in pretty good shape after about turn four. Now, if they they end up resolving an extinction event or something like that on you, you're pretty much toast. So, like, it feels like that matchup gets decided quite quickly. Yeah. but the thing that I've noticed whenever I play rogues is I just get messed up by the showdown decks or, like, really fast aggro because I just don't have the uh, clock to fight back and I don't have the density of removal spells to do yep. anything. So things like mono green just really, really gave me trouble. Um, anyway, no, like, for me, I actually kind of took a little bit of a break. I've been, you know, actually really enjoying drafting... Uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realm, even though... So it's like the first draft format in a long time that I've gotten to Platinum on. Usually I just draft a couple times and then just kind of like leave it alone. Um, So that, I mean, gosh, I don't know how many. I'm probably done, but it's also been the most appealing thing to do on Arena when I sit down to do it. And this week has just not lended itself for me to play very much constructed. I did originally plan on working on Historic. However, the announcements really kind of soured that lemonade a little too much for me. So <laughs> I I want to just spend a long time talking about this and kind of dividing it up into different sections because I think there's different things to talk about here. And there is positive. There are some of these cards that are being added to Historic that I think are really good, interesting, fun cards. Right? Yeah. But we do have to talk. So let's just, in our first section here, Cameron talk about there are this is a massive quantity of cards yeah right like 300 some odd new cards 700 total cards in this set you can only play jumpstart from like august 12th to the first week of september so it's actually available for less than a month okay (laughs) to acquire a lot of these cards um and they've came out on ign you know, the bastion of, you know, magic players. Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry. Uh, And went out on IGN and made this huge post about how there's these digital-only cards, and it's freeing them from the constraints of paper magic and technically divorcing what could potentially be paper historic from digital historic. Now, in the article, they say standard will remain a mirror of its paper version. Right, um, so you can put that in the bag with all your other standard or fr- with all your other promises from WOTC. Um uh, go, go, Cameron. Talk to me about these digital cards. I don't want to read them because I assume most people have seen them. Yeah. So, uh, go for it.
1: Initial impressions, and this is like—I mean, I know we've talked a little bit. Um, I am like truly heartbroken by this. Like, I feel gross about the idea that we've bifurcated magic. Um, And Arena has always been like this weird thing with like Historic, and it's really hard to say, how does this fit within the paper realm? And I totally get it. Uh, But now that we're getting digital-only cards, I, I am so much less interested in playing Historic on Arena. Because like to me, Paper... Will always be the core of this game, period. Like, digital has always been like the thing that I use because I can't play paper. Um, And obviously, it was a great band aid for 2020. uh, But, dude, like, this just does not sit well with me. It just, it's a gut punch, and I hate it. I absolutely hate that they're doing this.
0: I hate it too. And here's how I feel like the conversation went. Them coming to me and saying, hey, we want to do digital-only cards. And me saying, "Uh, I don't know that that's really a good idea, but if you really feel that strongly about it, surely these card designs are really something interesting and really, you know, uh, really change the game and make it really worthwhile. And it's like, no, man, it's Magma Spray. It's like, what? (laughs) Uh, What? What? Like... Some of these designs are so pedestrian and like not good that it's kind of offensive on multiple fronts. Like, <laughs> so, first of all, you're you are Jerry Thompson said this on his podcast. I completely agree. There is a very real cost to making historic a not possible and paper thing anymore, right? Like, that is a real cost because it's not crazy to think that maybe in 2023. Historic would have been something you could have watched on Star City. That's not crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can practice it digitally. It might have supplanted like Legacy or Pioneer or like a third constructed format. That's not an outrageous thought. So that's a very real cost that you've engaged in. So something I'm trying to think of a historic single, but something like Stifle now could have been a really valuable reprint to Watsy just on a business level. Because that's something people would have needed to have for their historic decks. Or Mirari's Wake, or, you know, whatever. So there's that. But you've just totally cashed that chip in. You've made one of the two... Only two constructed tournament formats on this client. Digital only. And the designs are bad! Like, I'm not trying to be rude here, but I just don't... Like, this... First of all, they're either really, really crazy, simple, quote, tame... And they just read, like, knockoff, hearthstone, or eternal cards. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. a bunch of these mechanics are in eternal, and they're done better in eternal. Okay? And then, you hit me with this planeswalker that's 16 bulleted items. (laughs) And you're like, isn't this a great design? No. The answer is no. It's bad. So, I... I... it, It... like you, I was, I'm heartbroken on this level. And then some of the discourses, like talking to me, like I don't know how video games work. Like I am just this guy that lives in a log cabin and only plays paper cards and Monopoly. And oh, I don't know if I can – like guys, I believe me, I understand how video games work. What you view as a weakness of magic, I view as a strength. The Mm. fact that it exists in tabletop and that someone could play the client and then go to physically experience it and meet new people, that is a freaking strength. It's not a weakness, and stop it. Like, I just, ugh. So, yay, we get some big dumb phoenix with perpetual counters and a planeswalker that reads like the Constitution. Awesome job, guys. You did it. Anyway, I'm not a fan, Cameron. (laughs)
1: Yeah then. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um and and I I, I like uh, like you, it's gonna be really hard whenever someone resolves that planeswalker on me and I'm presented with all this text, right? Or I I'm just gonna be like, Okay, concede, I'm done, whatever. Uh okay, so there's that element of it. <laughs> the element that I think is even more egregious. More egregious is the quantity of cards they're dumping on and the difficulty with which you're going to have to get them, okay? Now, it would be one thing if you want to tell me that Jumpstart is available for six months and I can chip away. But for those of you who don't know, Jumpstart it was originally conceived as a paper product for you to buy two packs, shuffle them together, mm-hmm. and then you're ready to go and, and trying to get around the problems of limited. And I think that's a great thing in paper, but whenever you go to the store, Cameron, to play Jumpstart at an event, you say, hmm, "Hey, give me the uh, give me the Angels and the Goblins deck, and I'll shuffle those together, and I'll have a great time." Your store owner doesn't go. You must choose between these three, <laughs> and then you pick one, and then they're like, and then these other three, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not limited in the same way, but also, uh the singles market works completely differently in physical paper, right? Like you can buy, sell trade cards this year, just locked in 4,000 gems or 2000 gold. You don't control, like there's different rares that go with different ones. And of the 700 cards, 400 of them are already on arena. So a majority of these cards you might already have. So, I guess, Cameron, like you're just going to cash in wild cards. Are you even going to play the event or what do you?
1: I mean, I'll check out the event once or twice. I mean, I have plenty of gold and I can play it, you know, and I think it was 400 gems. I think you said 4,000 gems, right? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. That would be (laughs) ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, So like, yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out. But like, is this something I'm going to just do and grind out in order to get the cards I need? No, it's not. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll just be cashing in wild cards. And just a
0: cursory look at what's in this set, we're talking about a, a, a psychotic amount of wild cards. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you if you wanted to maintain like, let's just say three of the top historic decks, which might completely be different after this, right? And this is the point where arena's economy, which I've actually been a big apologist for, I really have, because I've actually had a lot of success maintaining an arena collection. I put in probably 50 bucks a set and I have essentially everything I need. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jumpstart last time around was incredibly predatory and this is like multiples worse. And you have to play. So, like, you have to play and win two games to get all your rewards back out. And that might not sound like that big of a deal. But you don't know how frustrating it is when you get the trash blue rare and the trash blue or the trash white rare. You shuffle them together and then you just cannot get that second win to get your second reward and you just feel stuck. And I guess the thing that's irritating to me is like, how have we just not made a limited event for this? Because this is not a paper product. So you could have just made a draft environment for this. And I think everyone would have been happy, even been happy to pay a premium. But instead, this is very, very, very... Like, it feels like Candy Crush or something. You know, it's just meant to extract for someone like you, Cameron, that has just been hoarding gold or whatever, for you to just go, whoop, and mm-hmm. empty your account to get four copies like of some of these cards. And, like, some of them are, I mean, like, Season pyromancer. That's a mythic rare in this set.
1: Jeez, yeah.
0: So, anyway, I... I really don't like the digital cards. I think it's a bad idea, but I'm willing to stomach it, I guess, for my kind of love of this game. I am looking at this, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to handle Historic now, because I, numbers have been floating around on the internet, and I don't know how true they are or aren't, but people have been saying, like, to get most of the Chase stuff, they think it's going to be between six dollars and $700 worth of value. So... Ugh, right? Like, very, very intense. Um, I, I mean, Cameron, do you have any thoughts on this besides yikes?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's yikes. I mean, it's going to be really hard to accumulate the cards. Um, I And I'm hopeful that I can just do what I've continued to do, which is just kind of grind the daily events, get the gold that I need, pick two or three decks that I really, really enjoy playing, and away we go. Um, if it becomes unattainable to actually do that then sign me up for standard and I pray that standard will be okay <laughs> like yeah. you know at least playable <laughs> yeah yeah and like I guess the,
0: the prism that we have to look at it through too is like we are the spike feed there are people that want to play these historic challenges that are you know full-on Saturday tournaments that are high-level competitive events and there's not a way to just buy the cards
1: mm-hmm
0: Outside of buying, going on and going, okay, I need to buy $200 worth of Adventures of Forgotten Realms. Then that will get me so many wild cards that I can get the cards I need. That is the way. Um, And again, if you want to hit me with, well, players need a slow grinding, you know, something to achieve towards. Well, then leave jumpstart on for longer.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Because... Or bring it back at a fairly regular clip. I don't... It's just really off-putting, and it felt like the digital conversation had trumped so much of, like, what's going on with this economic model, which is just really aggressive. I mean, something like uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, like I said, I've drafted, I don't know how many drafts now. I don't have all the cards from that set,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and Jumpstart is a much slower thing, and a majority of the cards I already have that are in the Jumpstart, so it's it's... A pretty messed up way of doing things. Okay, so Cameron, hey, there's some cards we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some new ones that are like the the new mechanics, but I do I do want to just mention these. I'll just list them. Just pick a couple you think are interesting. Season Pyromancer, Yogmoth, Dragon Rage Channeler, Sterling Grove, Thalia's Lieutenant, Ninja of the Deep Hours. Any of those speaking to you is cards that you want to play with.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ninja the Deep Hours is like this weird pet card that I've always loved. Um, in Legacy decks, specifically, um, I, I, I love that card. <laughs> so seeing that in something like Historic, I think will be kind of interesting. There is another ninjutsu, I can't remember which card that is, there's another ninjutsu card out there that does essentially the same effect. So I'm wondering if we could have some sort of like, tokens ninjutsu deck that might be kind of interesting um i'm looking forward to that will it be good or playable it really depends on the cards surrounding it and i just don't think that this has the same sort of card pool that's available that um makes this a playable deck in something like um legacy
0: yeah it is it's it's still missing delver or i mean maybe you just play it in rogues maybe but it's maybe yeah It's still not super-duper ideal. Um, I I think season Pyromancer is going to be huge in the um, Black, Red, you know, whatever, Young Pyromancer, Cruxa, whatever that deck looks like after all this comes out. Yeah. I mean, everyone assumed that that deck would be Tier 1. I still think it's kind of in this kind of Tier 2 space, but super reasonable um, and and a good, solid deck. Yeah. Anyone, any of the other ones really speaking to you, Cameron?
1: Uh, Sterling Grove, I think, is going to have something there. There, I mean, there, there's some enchantment decks out there, and just giving everything shroud, I think, is going to be huge. And then just being able to tutor up any enchantment is also, you know, really, really important. So I think. Once again, it, it, it's all uh, these are like those cards that I'm always really interested in, like the Legacy pet decks, um, and I'm glad to see them in Historic. But once again, there's key components that are just missing from from those to make them over the top.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting because now that Sterling Grove and Solitary Confinement are available in Modern, mm-hmm. uh, that is like a thing in Modern is playing Enchantress and. I'm really unclear on how it kills you. Uh, I just know, like, because I haven't actually played against it. Uh, I just know that, like, I think it's Utopia Sprawl. Hold on. This is me looking it up. Because Utopia Sprawl is, like, an unreasonable amount of money for what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. Anyway, so that is very much a thing. Oh, it wins with uh, Sanctum Weaver or something. Destiny Spinner. You turn your lands into an element uh, elemental that is like the power toughness of it, the number of enchantments you have. So, anyway, nice. it's okay. a Blood Moon deck in, in Modern as well. So, like, that obviously just gets some free wins out of the gate. Um, I do want to mention here Thalia's Lieutenant. Kind of a card that, I mean, has a ton of credentials. Like, a ton oh, of credentials. Yeah. And often gets overlooked for whatever reason. But we're talking about a, a card that has done great things in both like a standard all-star modern like staple uh in a a particular deck so hey it's coming there are a lot of other humans you're still missing noble high arc equivalent really um in in this set so like that's the thing that humans is is very much missing you would almost have to play like junk humans because there's a bunch of like black white humans Uh, and there's like a Lord and stuff like that. So like the humans deck would have to look, I think, significantly different, Mm -hmm. um, than the way you think of it. Like the, the aether vile mantis rider plan, I think might be off the table
1: a little bit. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, anyway, so we'll see. I, I'm, I'm definitely reserving judgment in terms of how I'm going to interact with this set. Uh, I'm obviously pretty unhappy with it, uh, and the way it's structured and all those things and the way they're introducing these cards. Uh, that being said, can I pull myself away? Am, am I the problem here? Am I the one that keeps coming back in the bad relationship? Uh, you know, it's kind of... It's almost like my relationship with the NFL. Like, I recognize that they make terrible decisions, <laughs> but yet I keep coming back. It's terrible, man. Um, i We'll see how much we cover it and how much we have access to these cards. That is also a hugely limiting factor. Yep. Um i'm real. the thing that i'm worried about here cameron is we go through this jumpstart season i pick up cards here and there for decks that i have and then standard go comes around and i've just completely lost interest in historic and it just kind of becomes this curiosity that's like why am i just not playing eternal or hearthstone at that stage
1: so sadly yeah
0: all right man well we'll see uh let's get out of segment come back and talk about what else we've been up to All right, Cameron. So it's always, I, I would say, a treat to me whenever you come to these show notes with a video game I have no knowledge of.
1: Mini mm. uh, Motorways on PC. What is this? Mini Motorways uh, is a road builder video game. Strategy road builder, right? Uh, and that's pretty much all there is to it. It reminds me a lot of that... Uh, if our listeners, I don't know if you're familiar with these, but they're called Pixel Junk. And these came out, like, on the PlayStation 3, gosh, like, almost 10 years ago. There's things like Pixel Junk Monsters, Pixel Junk Shooter. Um, There were, like, these really interesting games that had a very flat 2D-type art style, I would say. Simple art style. um, Really, really good music. And the core mechanic of the games were just... Super tight, like incredibly tight and well designed. Um, that's kind of what Mini Motorways reminds me of, um, combining those pixel junk kind of era games with something like SimCity. And that's kind of what you have here. So you're given LA or Beijing or any of these cities, and your job is to just connect roads from. Um, these houses to the destinations that people want to get to. And it just becomes more and more and more. And you have to kind of design these roadways with highways, stoplights, roundabouts, bridges to, you know, maximize the efficiency of that. Um, And it gets super chaotic in like the best way, kind of like a um, tower defense game where you have to manage, you know, 15 things at one time. Uh, very similar to that, only it's just you know people getting from destinations from point A to point B um, with an incredibly chill soundtrack. So you would think like this would just be hyper stressful, but because of that soundtrack and just like you know just a nice light horn honk is all you hear, like it's perfect. So this is ten bucks. It's available, I believe, on the App Store. It's on the Switch. I'm playing it on the Steam on on you know Steam to eventually hopefully play it on the new Steam portable machine that I'll be picking up. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, uh, Mini Waterways, uh, super fun puzzle strategy game um, that really, really dig. I've been putting hours into it.
0: Nice. This looks like a good pickup for me for the Switch. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, all right, so I've got uh, several video games to talk about, but I, I do want to just quickly mention Flight Simulator because that's the... Um, the big game that came out for Xbox this week. And and I know you've had a little experience with it, Cameron. Uh, This is my first time playing it. And on Series X, it runs at 4K, like ultra settings, but like 30 frames a second. And um, the game is like amazingly good looking, like amazingly good looking. Mm. And it's probably the first time that I've actually played a game (laughs) on the Series X where I was like, oh, this is a thing that can't be done somewhere else. Um, the big problem is... And, like, look, I know it's a simulator and you're kind of going through training. And it's not really a video game in the traditional sense. The big problem is the controls don't map to a controller, like, very well at all. Um, you have to actually click in the stick to make it into a mouse cursor. Mm-hmm. And then you can move the mouse cursor around... Um, and so, and there were other like weird bugs I ran into where like the controls weren't like necessarily responding and I didn't know if it was like an actual bug or I had messed with a setting that had changed, you know, my ability to use that functionality. Um, so control wise, it's a little weird. And, uh, I kind of had a stretch of this where skyward sword on switch controls very strangely because of the motion controls and then flight simulator has controlled very weirdly, um because of its mapping like a flight sim onto a controller and uh so both of these things have kind of been frustrating experiences in that way but i have started the ascent and i don't cameron do you know what the ascent is have you heard of this i don't know this what is it so go ahead and google it but it's like a um it's a cyberpunk game it's isometric and it came out on game pass and the reviews have been really 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 positive uh for it but it is um, it's made by an indie studio of, like, 12 people, and the game is unbelievably cool and good-looking. And and mm. in a lot of ways, it's kind of what you wanted Cyberpunk to be. <laughs> uh, um, it's a lot more of an action game, like an action role-playing game. I, you know, Diablo with Guns isn't, like, crazy far off the mark. It, it's mm-hmm. a little less than that. Um, but it is just dripping with atmosphere and attitude and music and uh, like i said i'm only an hour in but it's made a really positive first impression so that's the ascent um i would look at that if i were you so anyway uh cameron if someone would like to get a hold of you where could they find you
1: It's all on twitter at cameron underscore mccoy
0: and i am at curtis now our official show feed is at spike mtg we will check you guys next week